Hello and welcome to Success Grade Nation to this new episode of the Success Grade Podcast with Rohos Hassan Talib. In this episode, I am talking with Howard Wolpoff. He is a profit acceleration coach who works with small business owners to triple their leads, double their sales, and increase revenue and cash flow in their businesses. I'm sure this episode will be valuable to you in order to increase your revenues and increase your bottom line in business. Hope you enjoy this one. Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life. With your host, Hussein Talib. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Grid podcast with your host, Hussein Talib. My guest today is Howard Wolpoff. He's a marketing executive with over 25 years of experience helping hundreds of businesses create profitable solutions to drive sales, attract and maintain customers, and build a solid corporate brand. Howard, welcome to The Grid. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome to have you here. So tell us and talk to us a little bit about your story. Uh, How did you go into marketing? Because I understand that basically you help businesses get more revenue about 100k a year by using no ads at all so <laughs> so that's that's cool so tell us a little bit about you and how do you do that sure just to expand on that again my name is howard walpuff i am a profit acceleration coach really i serve as an outsourced director of marketing for small businesses and uh, given 45 minutes of a business owner's time i can find uh, ways to triple their leads double their sales and find $100,000 or more in their business without spending additional dollar marketing or advertising. Mm. But I've been in the marketing uh, industry for over 25 years in different ways. A lot of it in sports marketing initially, working for a baseball team here in the United States, a big sports venue. And then as I got into national and local radio, running a sports radio station here in Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm based. I've also worked with two different marketing and advertising agencies running accounts so I have really had experiences with small businesses in implementing different types of strategies and tactics to get them really from point A to point B to point C and see the success that they're looking for. Now, you're working with businesses. We will get back how you can help people do more on revenue with their business. But first, working with businesses, okay, now, especially from past year, past year from COVID starting, until now, what is the biggest problems you see facing businesses that you are working with? The biggest problem I see with businesses, it's now and even before that really is a lot of small business owners got into business because they had a passion, mm-hmm. because there's something they really wanted to focus their life's work on. Sometimes they were working for someone and didn't enjoy that experience and felt they can go out and do it better. But most of them were not actually trained to be a small business owner. So because of that, you you do not have the knowledge of how to handle all the different issues that come about as a small business owner. And that becomes, especially at the beginning, if you're working by yourself, it really becomes very uh, burdenous with all the different responsibilities as you're trying to really focus on the work and get the contracts and, and, and dollars going. So um, that really, a lot of the questions that I've answered over the recently while COVID was happening. Uh, and it's still happening is because of some of the issues that they had beforehand, not knowing how to implement things properly. And it's mm-hmm. kind of snowballed from there. So what what's the most important thing in your opinion? Do you think that any business with a, a small business, medium business, or even an entrepreneur who, who's working online, 
should focus on more? Well, the, the, the most important thing is communication. Mm. By far, communication, and that is a very broad word. Communication is how you communicate with your customers, with your prospects, how you communicate online with what your website says and does. Mm. Uh, you can't get, get sold to any website and with a lot of things flashing and moving around and think that people are going to just sign up for the little box you have on the bottom on the contact me page um, because people don't do that. Uh, you need to figure out the best ways that you can communicate with them so that their searching for you becomes an opportunity to have a conversation and have them become a prospect. The first thing in any business, is it like uh, speaking of communication, is it bringing in more leads to the business? Is this the most important thing for any business, especially the new ones? Well, it's the lifeblood of any business, bringing in more leads, can bring in more uh, conversions and more sales and more revenue and find different ways to utilize those customers so that they're not just one-off customers. There are strategies that you can build into your plan that with the offer, there's opportunities to upsell and cross-sell them and to add more revenue to that actual purchase, to, uh, to communicate with them as time goes on. So they're referring people to you, making your life a little bit easier and having a, a live lead come straight to you. But you need to figure out how best to position yourself. And that really is the starting point. Most businesses do not have a market-dominating position, something that really sets themselves apart and shows the kind of added value that their customer will get as opposed to what they may get from someone else in that industry. But also to understand that really there's two thoughts, two questions going on in people's minds as they are searching for information. And if you can address those two thoughts, then they're going to want to have a conversation with you. And the thoughts are very basic. There's a problem they have they don't want and a result they want they don't have. If you are speaking about that, if you are a plumber and they're having a plumbing issue and that can be part of the, it flows into the questions they're having. But if you're a roofer and they're having a plumbing issue, you're not going to have that question. Or if you have different specifics of what you do, it may be who they're looking for, but it may not be what they're looking for. Uh, speaking of that, how do you uh, bring more leads into a business? We spoke like you can uh, get any business, like for example, 100K or more per year as annual revenue without ads. But usually for myself, I know that like uh, organic, let's say, on, on speaking of websites, organic reads sometimes can be uh, getting SEO stuff, uh, these kind of things. So a lot of people go into ads to spend more money and to get more leads faster, to get more customers faster and consumers and sell more of their products. So what are the tips that you would put in place to get more leads without doing the advertising side of things? Well, first off, when I do work with someone, the goal is for them not to spend additional money on marketing or advertising. So if they are spending money on ads, I may not take that away. We just may reposition how they're doing it. A lot of it has to do with the positioning of who the business is and what they are offering and make sure the offer is correct for who their target is. But it all starts with the website. Your website has to be a 24-7 salesperson and not just a digital brochure. If it's a digital brochure, people are going to read everything. Hopefully, they may not. They may get they look at the design of the website and figure they don't need to read anything. And then perhaps go on to the next website because people are on a journey for information. They're not on a journey for you. You have to make them want to find you at the end of this journey and hopefully make it that journey as short as possible. 
Mm. So by putting information onto the website that addresses going back to the two things going on in their head, uh, there's a problem they have they don't want, a result they want they don't have, and grabbing their attention with the, something called the conversion equation, where you have an interrupt, engage, educate, and offer. You have a title on the website, a subtitle on the website that addresses these two questions, uh, an engagement, which is a pitch. And an offer, which is which is so incredible, they, they can't say no to. Now, the offer really isn't, please do business with me, although in some cases it can. You want to provide them with something that gives them value and gives them understanding and gives them an opportunity to learn more about you in trade for their, their email and their, and their first name. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be on your website. This could be on a landing page. But you want to drive them somewhere where you can get this information because now they're not invisible. They're not just a person who came to your website. There's someone that you can reach out to and have a conversation and make them a lead that most websites don't give you that opportunity to do that. So once you start there and then work on some of the organic, what you do with social media, there are different ways to make yourself more engaging, that people want to learn more about you and they go to the website to learn about it and they get into your funnel. You probably encourage like there is some kind of journey for the customer that goes through, right? Yeah, exactly. Especially we're talking. Well, especially we're talking about like specific things. Like when someone reads a certain headlines, they can say that, "Oh, yeah, this uh, probably relates to me, and I can benefit from it, and and probably get some kind of results at the end of this." Right? If someone and I love using plumbers as an example for whatever reason. Um, if someone is looking to redo the piping in their house and and redo the the fixtures and, and change out the shower and the bathtub. They're going to be doing research for plumbers. They're going to go to different websites and look for information. The one that can capture their attention and really talk to them is the one they're going to spend the most time with. And they're not making a decision today. They're not a now buyer. They're a soon-be buyer. They're doing their research. They need to know things about what experience you have, get referrals uh, and and read reviews about uh, the work you've done. Um, And being able to provide this to them, in addition to sending them information through email on a regular basis, on a scheduled basis through having their email address can keep you on top of their minds as you are f- have a chance now to follow up with them and make phone calls and talk to them about what they're looking for so you could be the one they end up hiring. Mm, cool. So, but uh, now as a as a business owner as or as an entrepreneur, uh, you should care more about the, let's say, the profit at the end, what you actually can keep, right? Uh, do, how do you see these relative to the uh, revenue, for example, and what are the uh, activities that should be focused on to get more revenue without spending more, like we mentioned? So the profit at the end will be more. When I show people my strategies, I start off with a chart that for the most part works with any business that gives you the visual. If you're able to figure out how to increase your your, your leads, your sales, the amount, your, 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 how many times they're doing business with you, the amount of money they're spending at, at the end. You're, so again, a 50% increase in, revi- in, in, in all those lines can end up giving you a 760% increase in revenue. Mm-hmm. So finding ways to increase your increase the work you're doing and the output that's coming from it by 50%. And that could be a very large number for people and it's a very scary number or a very small number. If you're doing things wrong, I have examples of a, uh, a plastic surgeon that we, we've done work with, and they, their message was wrong. They were trying to get people to do a mommy makeover, and, uh, which really is 
now I've gotten older, I've had my kids. I want to kind of look more like I did when I was younger. And I'm going to go to a plastic surgeon for that without going into more detail. Um, he was pitching them as if they wanted to look like a 25-year-old model. And as if they were still a 25-year-old model that they're pitching to. He was spending a lot of money on ads and was getting no results from it. But we changed his messaging and actually spoke to the audience and gave them a visual of who they were and spoke about the areas in their body they wanted to adjust. And just by doing that, he didn't change the spend he was doing. His results ended up being almost a 1,200% increase in what he was doing. And in the end, he was getting he was making $600,000 a month that he was not making beforehand. So you spoke here about messaging. Can you tell us how important it is and how any business or entrepreneur or whoever is looking to find certain customers, how they can find their message to, to go directly to the people who are interested in, in what they are doing? Well, again, first you need to know exactly who your audience is. If you sell hand lotion and you are going out there saying, you know what, my audience is anybody with hands. That's not your audience. You're absolutely wrong. <laughs> a lot of people that are out there who think, well, that's, that's where it is. I sell vitamins. Anyone who can swallow a, a pill is my audience. No, there are specific people that have those, those interests. There's some people who will spend money on those. Sometimes it's a set demo. You have to really do your research to figure out who they are. Now that you know who they are, you need to speak to them. You have to have a market dominating position, something that shows them what, you, what value you bring to the table and what added value you bring so that it's, it's something, it's a better offer than what, uh, what others in your industry are doing. So that you have that messaging that, that, that speaks the same way on your website, that you've developed an elevator pitch. So if, if I run into you and you ask me, what do you do? I'm able to give you something nice and concise and tight that, that really describes what I do and ask some, some open-ended questions. So you want to follow up with some more questions. And now we're having a dialogue. And even online, for example, where, where do you think uh, the businesses should go to for someone who is selling B2B or B2C, for example, they should go to LinkedIn for B2B or, for example, on Instagram or Facebook uh, for B2C, these kind of things? What do you look on that? My strategy with marketing has always been the same. This goes back to this probably 30 years at this point. You need to market yourself or your business the way people want to be marketed to which means there's a lot of different ways that people want to be marketed to. So again, it starts with the research. It starts knowing who your audience is. Mm -hmm. If your audience is on Pinterest, then you absolutely need to be on Pinterest. If they're not on Twitter, you don't want to be on Twitter. Being on LinkedIn is very important for any number of reasons. So whether you're using it as your main marketing tool or just as a presence, something like that is important. Something like that, like some being on Facebook, there's, you can be there for having a presence. Or you can really be there aggressively using Facebook as a sales tool, it all boils down to who is your audience and where are they? You want to speak to them where they are. So you spoke about the what you call the conversion equation. Uh, is there some kind of, I, I believe there is something called conversion equation evaluator, right? What, what does this do exactly? It's on your website, I believe, right? Uh, the, uh on my website, there's a few things. Um, what, one kind of gives you a sense of, of what your uh, what opportunities are within within making some adjustments in your marketing. The conversion equation is actually something I discuss in my my first book, um, Business Marketing Maneuvers, that actually, if you go to my website, you can download it for free. 
And uh, and I'll get I'll send send, send now before profitmasterbusinesssolutions.com. And it goes through eight strategies of how to grow your lead sales and revenue and find hidden uh, revenue in your business that you've not really accessed. But how can anyone uh, make better conversions, right? After after they will get the lead to somewhere, how you can make sure that you get the best uh, uh, something that you offer, higher uh, conversion rate on your website, for example? It's an interesting way you ask that because there are no guarantees. There never are guarantees because, again, I don't know what the, sa- the ability of a, of a salesperson, the person that we're talking to specifically or hypothetically are. I've worked with many salespeople in my experience. Some of them were really good. Some of them thought they were fantastic and were not that very good. So it's you have to be a judge or to have someone else judge exactly how your sales tactics are working and how your relationships are working with your, with your customers. Sometimes statistics will answer that. If you're getting 100 leads and you're bringing in 50, 60% of them as customers, you're doing a pretty good job. If you're bringing in 15%, you're not doing the best job. And maybe there's just style issues that are going on with how you're selling. Mm. And there's ways to look into that and research it. But it really comes down to it's, it's a, it, there's an effort to bring in the leads. But at a certain point, it comes down to the owner or their sales team to make sure they know how to communicate so that they can uh, they can actually make those leads and convert them into, uh, into sales. So in today's world, because you've been in this business for 25 years plus, how do you see best? Is it video, for example? Is it like text, what they call copy, audio? What do, What's the best thing that can be better convert people into buyers? Video, I've always found to be important. Um, well, it's not true. I said over the last seven, eight years, it's really evolved in the way video is used and different ways to do it. There's something um, warm and opening if you do like a Facebook Live on your business page so that you're just talking to people on a regular basis. I would stay away from anything controversial in what you're saying, but just mm-hmm. talk, about the, talk about the customer. A lot of people get lost in the word I. I am great. I do so many great things. My, I have the best product ever because customer doesn't really want to deal with the world of I. They want to deal with the world of them. How does it affect them? How does it help them? What ways does it make their life better? So that's the type of communication you need to have. But yes, look, when I started 25 years ago, there was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. There was no, the, the social media didn't exist. Uh, still the world of AOL, if I'm not mistaken. And remember building some of the first websites back in the mid-90s. Um, so everything is different. In two years from now, there'll be something else that's out there that uh, people have never uh, heard of right now. Look, TikTok, no one knew about two, three years ago. And people are trying to figure out still how to use it for for uh, for business. Yeah. So everything involves, and the key is, is keeping your eyes and ears open so you know exactly what trend makes sense for you and doesn't make sense for you and again it all depends if your clients are there working with your with your clients how do you work with them especially on pricing because do you sometimes go and see like you tell them oh your product is overpriced or it's underpriced how do you do that how do you work with them in regards to pricing i think it's important to do your research so you want to get a sense of if you have a certain item and you have three competitors, what are they charging for their item? And then figure out, again, this goes back to your market dominating position. Are there added value that you are offering to them that they are not 
that they are not providing. So a great example for people who may not be able to understand the market dominating position. Years ago, it was Domino's Pizza here in the United States. And Domino's Pizza had an offering because their target audience was college students in a very small radius to the pizza locations. We'll, sit, we will, we'll bring it to you in 30 minutes or less, or the pizza is free. So the, the, the hungry college kids wanted pizza as fast as possible. So they were ordered from Domino's. Now, Domino's might have charged a dollar or two more for their pizza, but the fact they can get it fast and hot and the chance they could actually be free gave more encouragement for, for them to, to uh, for people to buy the pizza from them as opposed to any of the other places they could have uh, bought pizza from. We are talking about like if your product or service is higher priced, it does not really matter as much as you are giving value and providing value to the customer. They will look at it. Yeah, I can get this thing faster or this will give me the results faster in a shorter period of time. This is the more important than the pricing itself. It's perception. Mm. somehow people can perceive you're uh, getting a greater value, even though they might be spending a little bit more, they'll be happy to spend more to get it. Mm. And that's really key in part of the, the pricing strategy. And then also having the ability to be flexible within that. So when I say that here, you have a, uh, your main product of whatever it is, a, a bowl. And now someone wants to buy that bowl, but now he's okay. I have this bowl, but maybe you want a slightly bigger bowl. But the bigger bowl costs about $5 more. So they already want to buy the bowl. Maybe this bowl is, is, is better for them. And then they can say, yes, now, you, now you've gotten a little bit more revenue at that moment of, uh, of opportunity when they were going to buy. Because actually 34% of the time when people get, get, have given an upsell or cross-sell offer, they'll say yes to it. Mm. So if you're not doing that, you're leaving money on the table a third of the time. Mm -hmm. If you have something that you're afraid that people – or you have a backup plan if people are not going to pay for the service at that price and you have something a little bit less and a little bit less money. So for example, if you're selling gym memberships and people want to want to go to the health club, but don't want to do it for an entire year, they're concerned about making that investment. So they're going to walk away and not spend any money with you. You've now lost, but if you can offer them a three month membership or a one week membership for a certain amount of money, that's obviously less. But now you got them in the door, you got them trying it. And after three months of trying it, they may actually want to then buy it again. You've made that extra money. It all It's a great opportunity for you to, to, to make someone happy and to get a customer that was going to walk out the door and not pay you anything. So you spoke here about basically upsells. How important is this business to have an upsell? Because like you mentioned, you can get more money from the same basically transaction, right? And there is the downsell, which is basically a discount, I guess. So do you, do you encourage businesses to have a discount on their, on their products or services? Well, the downsell is not a discount, but it's a good mm -hmm. thing you bring up discounts. The, the downsell is something you get, you're paying, you're getting the right value for the item, but the item is of lesser value than the original offer and it's less money than the original offer. So it might be in their price range that the original offer is not. Mm -hmm. I do not like discounts at all, <laughs> at all. If you discount something 10%, you may have to sell 50% more of those items to make up that loss to do it. Mm -hmm. So it makes more sense to find, again, added value in the process of what you're doing and to uh, bundle things, bundle the two items together so that there's getting the value for it. And that's the special, bring it in, get these two for X amount, 
They may actually spend more money on the two of them combined, but they see the value. The value for them is much more than 10%. 10%. Everyone throws around 10% is not the biggest of uh, deals. Everyone will take it if you give it to them. But all that's doing to you, especially as a small business owner, is really blowing up your bottom line. That, that concept of bundling is cool because if you have like two kind of two or three products and you put them into together, you can push up the price for like example, one, uh, two X's or three X's maybe. Will that work? It needs testing, I guess. <laughs> but it's better than, like you mentioned, putting some kind of discount and needing more maybe leads or customers to get uh, the revenue that you want. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it, it really can be damaging to you. Uh, to your revenue plans, all, all that discounting. Mm, awesome. So how important, you mentioned follow-ups earlier, how important are follow-ups in in business marketing sales? So incredibly important. The A lot of problems with sales and salespeople is they'll make one phone call, they'll make two phone calls. If someone doesn't call them back, they'll move on to the next person and that's the end of it. Sometimes, and it, it's, it's terrible that I have to say this, but sometimes when you think about it in your head, you're that person as well. Five to 12 times and you need to touch on someone before they're going to respond and, 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 uh, and react to you. Mm-hmm. A phone call, an email, a text, a message through LinkedIn, a message through Facebook, multiple ways to do this, where they are and how they're comfortable communicating. But at some point, they'll respond to you. And uh, the, the company that's going to spend the more time doing this and really put that effort in can get the results that they're looking for. If you don't put that time in, they're going to go away and go with your competitor. So you have to follow up. What what can you give us like in one, two, three steps? How exactly do you help? We talked about through, but can you give us like one, two, three steps? How you work with businesses, find 100K or more in revenue? The, the first thing I do is when I'm working with a client, I am uh, going through a whole process of learning about them. I'm doing my research. It's, it's, it's onboarding. It's going to take about two, two and a half hours to really get a sense of who they are and what they are. And from there, I'm going to understand what their needs are and what additional needs are. I'll come in with eight strategies I can put into any business. And then I learn exactly what their specific needs are so we can implement those as well. Once that said, when you start putting in addressing your website so people are making it a, uh, a, a something that they want to respond to and want to give their name and address to, email address, setting up a drip campaign so you're, you're reaching out to them looking at your pricing and coming up with upsells, downsells, cross-sells, and making sure that you are in the right price range, developing that profit, uh, that, that, um, the, the, the right statement about who you are, your market-dominating position. Then you, you have all the pieces that, that your revenues can start to grow very easily. And that's in, even before putting in the specifics that you need to, to really nurture relationships and follow up with, uh, with current customers. What would you say? One takeaway from this episode, uh, Howard. That most businesses really do need another set of eyes to see what's going on, especially if you are doing this all by yourself and mm-hmm. trying to figure things out. Um, at times, it actually is, is, is less expensive, if you're looking at it as an expense, to invest in someone to work with you as opposed to trying to, trial and error and time going by and revenues not coming in because of what... Uh, of, of, of not having the right answers to, to, uh, to come in. Marketing really is, uh, there's a lot of strategy involved. There's a lot of knowledge involved. And if you really don't have the experience in marketing and you have experience in 
doing the task, whatever it is that you do, and you're a specialist at that, it's you're not going to be able to to share that with the world in the same ways that you want to. Where can people get in touch with you, Howard? Sure, they can find me on Twitter. So H W O L P O F F on Twitter. My website again, profitmasterbusinesssolutions.com. And feel free again. You click on the the website, you'll find my my free book uh, with my eight strategies to help you find uh, over hundred thousand dollars in your business. And uh, I'd be happy to help and answer any questions that you have along the way. Awesome. Well, Howard, thank you for being here with me today on this episode of the Success Secret Podcast. I really enjoyed this one. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure speaking to you. It was a pleasure speaking to your audience. And I wish everyone a good rest of the day. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.